reached your destination. Welcome to Harmonic Headspace. Music for your psyche. Let's do this! Yes, we are back. It is Harmonic Headspace. I am Prosty, and sitting across from me is... This is Astro. I am back. He's back. And it's time to wrap up this silly month of November. <laughs> Why is it silly? I don't know, because it's before December. Okay. <laughs> well, it was, it was a pretty silly weekend, definitely, like a lot of silly drinking and eating. and. Yeah, I, I can always tell when I show up here at like 6, 15, 6.30, and I see Prosty sitting here with sunglasses on. I'm yeah. like, it's been a good weekend. Yeah, well, usually I do it because the light hurts my eyes because I'm way hungover. Uh, I just wanted to be a rock star. Today. You just want to look cool today? Uh, when, this, when you're cool, the sun shines on you 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Screw daylight savings time, right? <laughs> yeah, that came from a movie, My Science Project. On a, uh, yeah, was it My Science Project? That was an 80s, pro- 80s movie, yes, right? Yes. Clearly. Yeah, one of the dudes said that, and I, I always remembered it. I always thought it was the coolest thing ever. Nice. <laughs> uh, so we are here tonight. We are the icing to the cake that is your weekend. And uh, we hope that you listen, relax. Um, maybe learn some stuff about music that you never knew. Uh, you listen to some songs that you maybe never heard before by bands that you like. Uh, that's what we're all about. Uh, Astro was uh, away last week. I did my uh, my harmonic, no headspace. <laughs> it was all about uh, songs with no changes. So I haven't listened to the show yet, and I will. Mm-hmm. Um, who was here with you? Anybody? No. Oh, it was Just a solo me. show. Me and some ghosts. The ghosts, there the ghosts of, of co-host past. The, the factory ghosts. I heard some <laughs> clanging and stuff, you know. Nice. Yeah, how are the eagles? Uh, the eagles are, <laughs> man, I hate the fucking eagles. <laughs> no, I actually saw uh, Robert Randolph. Um, wow. Awesome slide guitar player yes. uh, at the City Winery in Boston. My wife and I and uh, another couple of ours that we're friends with. He's old. No, Robert Randolph. He's yeah. like our age. Is he really? Oh, yeah. Who am I thinking? I don't know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of Taj Mahal, maybe. No, no, no. There's a Randolph. He's old. Another Randolph that's an old guitar player. Willie Randolph is an old second baseman. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and a shitty manager. No, there's a different one. Maybe, uh, uh, okay. No, Robert Randolph, he's probably, I mean, if he's not, yeah, I was going to say, if he's not our age, he's still under 50, but I mean, mm-hmm. you're barely under 50, so I guess that is our <laughs> age, right? Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Well, that's cool, though. Yeah, it was fun. It's a good show. A lot, lot of good times. Very nice. <clears throat> so uh, tonight we're talking about the greatest bass players in rock. Uh, maybe, no, there's some jazz in there, too. Yeah, yeah, a little little outside of rock, too. We got a little bit of jazz, <clears throat> pop, funk, uh, yep. you know. Yeah, and we, uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, we're not just going to play, you know, like awesome bass tunes and be like, oh, this guy's great. We want to talk about why these particular people are great, what's different about them, uh, how they impacted music and, uh, you know, the the normal everyday Astro and Prosty, you know, do a little research and figure some cool shit out. For yeah, you. to the best of our abilities, to be perfectly honest, uh, my research time this week was a little stunted by the uh, seven and a half hour awesome Beatles documentary that yes. dropped on Thanksgiving Day. My mm-hmm. wife and I hammered through. We saw the end of it uh, last night. Nice. And uh, it was bittersweet. Yeah. Um, no Spoiler alert, they ended up playing a show on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew about that or not, but they didn't end up going to Africa yeah, or yeah. ruins or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
but that that sort of distracted but it, you know we are talking about the greatest bass players of all time and paul mccartney certainly qualifies yep. mm-hmm. even if he never sang wrote or anything just his bass playing qualifies yeah. him but you throw on top of that he's probably the greatest pop rock songwriter of all time mm-hmm. he himself yeah, yeah um but that's something we're here we're talking about we don't have this isn't a singer songwriter show this is a bass player show right right yeah i, I got through a lot of that uh, i'm almost done with uh the second one mm-hmm. um and it's just awesome it's I, amazing i, I mean, think it's better for people who know music like, or even musicians because we've been in the situations that they're filming where you're sitting around with your, your other guys and you're going through songs and you're talking about changes but, oh try it this way try it this way there's hours and hours of that and Brenda um, was like she's like you like this more than me <laughs> well for, for for Laura and I we were watching it and our jaws were on the ground all yeah. of the time yeah, just turning too. at each other and like oh my god mm-hmm. like this is how Paul came up with uh you know like get, get back, back yeah. like just just <laughs> fuck around on the bass and suddenly yeah. you start to hear it come together yeah. a little bit which is you know, come together but uh it's amazing and just like mm-hmm. hearing them like they're fumbling through lyrics and yeah. trying to figure it out and New then they names. finally and then, they, and then they hit it yeah and, and you're, like, you're like oh yeah yeah <laughs> there it is they hit it that's yeah. like and and we have the advantage of you know these songs are 50 plus years old and we've known them since we were kids so like mm-hmm. i you know i know what sounds right because i know what they ended up with mm-hmm. but you're watching them sort of struggle through and they're seeing the creative process of yeah. them figuring it out and then they finally get to it and you're like oh yeah that's right yeah. Well, like you have some kind of knowledge or something like no you don't have any knowledge you just know that's what they ended up going with right yeah <laughs> yeah i loved it uh i'm psyched to watch the rest of it so yeah get back it's on disney plus uh, so, so that's that's my pre-apology for not having as much of a deep dive as I normally would into a lot of these players. But I like to believe I have a fairly decent well, grasp have, on my favorite bass players. Yeah, we have a good show. We have a, a lot of good uh, bass players and uh, stories and ideas about what's behind them. So without further ado, let's listen to one of the greatest. Thousand times, it's time to 
All right, that was a three pack of songs by bass players or songs <laughs> with bass players that are awesome. And uh, you know, the the way we try to compile this is like we, we made a list of like, okay, who are our favorite and generally known as the best bass players in music and then from that point we, we put the names out there and then it's a matter of finding the right songs yeah. and you'll you'll see or you'll hear i think tonight we're probably down more of the mainstream stuff you'd hear on the radio than we normally would be like songs that you know because these are the songs that you know are indicative of the best bass lines and yeah. you know the most interesting bass parts from these players yeah it, it just happened to be i think right you know because I, I was trying to get it like uh spoiler alert schism right um that's i mean tool justin chancellor is one of my favorite guitar players of all time i mean bass players of all time I love his sound but when i was thinking about what what song really emulates that and and there wasn't another one i can that's, it's a song that so, a lot of people and i know. didn't want to skimp i I, right. I think we're doing the right thing by um choosing the best bass song rather than choosing something that a little more obscure know. right yeah, exactly um, but we definitely have some obscure stuff too i mean it's yep, still totally. harmonic headspace yeah um but that was a nice little uh blend here we kicked in with a, a very well-known song ramble on by led zeppelin uh john paul jones is i think is one of the better underrated not just bass players, but multi-instrumentationalists. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just look at his organ play on No Quarter. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the song remains the same video that the live No Quarter. It's just mm-hmm. unbelievable. And uh, his bass on Ramble On is just sublime. It, I mean, it's just... It's, it's the driver it's, of the song. It drives Jimmy, a song. Jimmy Page is in the background, and John Paul Jones is driving that song. It's so melodic, and yeah. uh, he's playing a lot of notes, mm-hmm. but not not notes that don't belong there mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. yeah it's not a simple you know a tonal baseline like it's it's a melodic baseline but it's not like yeah. you know <laughs> yeah uh so that was a little uh john paul jones one of the yeah. greatest of all time cheers uh then we had modesky martin and wood's new planet and that was uh chris wood uh a little more uh left field he's not a guy you would see in like top 20 bass player lists or many some of them you might not rock because some of them you not- might he does not play in a rock band. Right. Modesky, Martin, and Wood, the Wood Brothers, or even with Schofield. That's that's jazz and jazz fusion. Jazz, jazz fusion, exactly. Yeah. And we're not we're not shying away from that. This isn't the only jazz, jazz fusion. We have a couple others in here tonight, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is important because these are these are players and Chris Wood is you know, he's well known in that in that field. He's one of the most respected bass players in the jazz community right now. Right. Just like when we played uh, Galactic. Um, Stan Moore is one of the, if not the most respected drummer in well, the jazz top, top circuit. Top three, certainly. Yeah, in the jazz circuit right now. But if you do, if you just listen to rock, you don't know who he is. Right. And then we wrap that up with uh, a little more of a simple bass line, but it's certainly an dun, iconic bass line. Um, Tina Weymouth from the Talking Heads. And she always gets bon- she has bonus points for being a lady in rock, um, being uh, the only lady in a band, and uh, a lady in a band with her husband. Mm-hmm. And they're still married somehow. So mm-hmm. I guess their marriage survived. The The band didn't, but the marriage did. Mm, very nice. So selfishly, I wish it was the opposite. But, you know, for them, I'd you know, good for them. I'm glad they're still together. I just yeah. wish their band was. I, they do too, though. So I guess I shouldn't really complain to them about it. <laughs> 
So, hey, we are Harmonic Headspace. We are broadcasting live from the Wave Radio Boston Studios, presented by the Westover Inn in 1846 Tavern. Yeah, please call us. I mean, let's hear what you think. I mean, are we getting the right bass players? Is there somebody you think we should be playing? Uh, did we play the wrong song entirely? Uh, call the Abrews listener line at 617-829-9283. is WAVE. Or you can text us at 617-764-9283. Again, WAVE. Yeah, so um, we are going to jump right into this next one. Uh, so we're going to start getting a little bit more obscure and weird. Uh, and I uh, hope you enjoy it.
All right, feeling all right, baby. Fucking all right. <laughs> that was Joe Cocker feeling That's all right. No. Uh, before that was Weather Report by Teen Town. Teen Town. And before that, we started off with King Crimson Sleepless. Uh, let's start with King Crimson. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Tony Levin is uh, one of my favorite bass players of all time. He's one of two bass players we're playing tonight that I've actually seen in concert this year. And uh, Tony was a, is the primary bass player for Peter Gabriel and has been since his solo career started in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's been mostly known for in his career is being Peter Gabriel's bass player. But he also has a very lucrative side gig, which is really more his primary gig these days as the bass player for King Crimson. And if you're the bass player for King Crimson, they're known as one of the greatest progressive bands. That's right. Ever. Maybe like the birth of progressive or like. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who was doing stuff like they were when their first album came out in 69. And they continue to push the bill on what progressive means because they continue to to do this oh yeah i mean the song we just heard uh uh sleepless mm. was a song from like 1983 or 84 mm. like many many iterations of the band uh, famously for being blown up and put back together by robert fripp the mm. only mainstay of the entire uh situation yeah and uh tony levin came in he reconstituted the band in the 80s with uh, adrian Ballou on guitar uh tony levin on bass and then he brought back uh uh jesus i'm drawing a blank uh drummer bill bruford bruford yeah Yeah. he brought back bruford and they and they basically were working under the 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 band name discipline and Um, then i one of them i don't know who it was basically said a frip he's like this is king crimson yeah and they're like all right fuck it king crimson we'll call the album discipline (laughs) Ah. and uh this they did three albums that came out in the 80s uh, no, no, Fripp was in okay. the whole time. Okay. Uh, those four guys. So Levin, yeah. Bruford, Fripp, and uh, Adrian Ballou. Yeah. And uh, so you had Fripp and Adrian playing. They're both lead guitarists. Right. Both like doing intertwining leads. And like if we played Discipline or something, you'd hear that sound that was uniquely 80s Crimson. Mm-hmm. And they made three albums and broke up because... Mm-hmm. I, people can't stand working for, with Robert Fripp for a long period of time, yeah. clearly. But I think he's softened in his later years here because Tony Levin's back in the band and he's been with them for a very long time at this point. You know, we've done a drummer show and Bill Bruford was on that show. We did. We talked a lot about him. We did a guitar throw and we talked about Fripp. We talked about Fripp, yeah. And now we're talking about Tony Levin. <laughs> you know, I actually had on my list, uh, he didn't make the cut, but I'll talk about him now. Uh, the other well-known bass player for King Crimson, the guy that was in before uh, uh, Tony Levin, uh, John Wetton, mm. who was one of, I like, you know, there's, I was trying to categorize some of the different things and some of the bass players are, you know, they're bass players. They're all very technically talented, except maybe Tina Weymouth, but we're not going to go there. Um, but some of them like write lyrics or they write songs and some of them are singers lead singers mm-hmm. uh paul mccartney is one of them clearly john wetton is falls into the category two of a lead singer bass player okay and uh so he was the other tony levin and john wetton are the two guys they weren't i mean there were other bass players in king crimson but those are the two that i think people know yeah. and wetton was the guy in the 70s and you know levin was the guy in the 80s and 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 moving forward uh, i wanted to play something from wetton's king crimson and then play something from tony levin when he played with peter gabriel you know any of that stuff and i'm like eh, we're not gonna have time to play wet and i'll just talk about him and we'll we'll play a crimson tune with uh 
with uh, Levin. And I'm yeah. glad I did because yeah. you just pointed out, like, yeah, we, we had our drummer show. We had, you know, talked about guitarists and yeah. we so have all these guys in here. 75% of King Crimson is some of the greatest musicians. In well, Adrian Ballou's no hack either on guitar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't make it to our show, though. He, uh, did he? No. He didn't? No. There was Fripp. That was it from King Crimson. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, kudos to. Adrian. Yeah, and, and before we move off this, I will say Adrian was founded, or he was I, he was he was uh, found by uh, Frank Zappa in the seventies. Ooh, nice. And he played in Frank Zappa's band, Mothers of Invention. Uh, no, no, it wasn't the Mothers. It was it was like a late seventies band or mid seventies band. And then he was plucked from Zappa's band to join the Talking Heads as a touring member, Ooh. and then left Touring Heads to join King Crimson with Robert uh, Robert Fripp and all, all the crew we just talked about. So yeah. he has a, a pretty distinguished history as well. Nice. That's cool. Uh, all right. So after, after uh, King Crimson, we heard Weather Report uh, by Teen Town. Well, uh, we heard Teen Town by Weather Report. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, and th- this sorry. is an interesting one because this is Jaco Pastorius. Yeah. He is a bass player in, uh, in this version because there was Alfonso Johnson was the original bass player for Weather Report and he left and then Jaco came in. Yeah. Jaco Pastorius is known in many circles as the greatest bass player of all time. Agreed. Uh, when you look, when you uh, search greatest bass players, he's always in the top like it's, two. It's, it's him or Getty. <laughs> it, that's exactly what it is. It, it's yeah. him or Getty Lee. Yeah. Well, I, no, I've seen others. I've seen Claypool in there. Um, you know, Claypool would disagree. Yeah, uh, totally, <laughs> totally. I get it. Uh, but Jocko, and, and when you listen to bass players tell you who their influences are, whether whether or not it's an influence, they always mention him. Yeah. Because he is like the the father of awesome bass playing. <laughs> he yeah. is, and the, and the funny thing is, like, you know, you look at lists of best bass players of all time; they're all rock based, you know. And almost every list, like you said, he's going to be number one or number two. Yeah. And he never played rock, exactly, which is amazing. Yeah. But you talk to all the other rock bass players that were on that list; they're going to give him as an influence from yeah. Claypool to, I mean, anybody is going to say Jocko the Flea. He's a yep. big influence for, yep. um, and it's interesting because I've known of this guy for years, but I haven't really heard much of his stuff. Yeah. Um, but this clearly, you know, this, this tune was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just all bass. Yeah. And, uh, I gotta be honest as a bass player, I completely respect him, love what he does, but I don't listen to it because it doesn't do it for me. I, when it, I listen, I'm just like, holy shit. It's amazing technically, but it's <laughs> yes. it doesn't really get you in that emotional groove. Yeah. It's like Ingve Malmsteen. Right. So when I was young, Clinical. I, remember, I remember listening to Ingve and, and uh, hearing Ingve Malmsteen is the new best guitarist of all time. And I listened to him. And I was like, oh, my God, he's playing like 62 notes in one second. Oh, my God. And they're all perfectly right. And, right. And after a while, I was like, well, yeah, he's great, but it doesn't. It doesn't move. Well, and that's that's the knock mostly on him, but I think you hear that same knock on Joe Satriani and Steve Vai, to be honest. Yeah, less though. I think Joe Satriani put out uh, like Satch Boogie and uh, Always With Me, Always With You. No, um, I surf, agree. Uh, surfing With The Alien. Surf with the alien. It's, it's a lesser extent. Yeah, Ingby Malmsteen some... is, is the ultimate just clinically cold, yes. yeah. precise, yeah. fast, put you to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to say that uh, Jocko is the same because he's like, he's the best. But uh, for me, I find a hard time connecting with it emotionally. 
Well, I agree from what I've heard so far. I have to be fair. I haven't heard enough of his stuff to know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are songs where he lets the notes breathe a bit. Yeah. I haven't heard one yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth exploring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Either way, you're going to say holy shit every song you hear. That's true. Right? <laughs> um, and what I also said holy shit when the next song came on. Um, this happens to us here uh, on the show once in a while where we, we pull a song and we go to play it and it ends up being not the version we anticipated. Yep. And this one kind of pissed me off more than any other one so far because the reason we played uh, one of my most hated artists, Joe Cocker, the guy's <laughs> a hack who never wrote a damn thing, um, and he didn't write this one, Feeling All Right, was a traffic song. Um, but the reason I wanted to play this was Carol Kay. And she is also renowned as one of the greatest bass players of all time as well from a session perspective. And, uh, you know, for people who don't know, she was a bass player in uh, uh, out on the West Coast. The uh, the uh, Jesus Christ, I'm, dr- I'm drawing a blank. Boys? No, no, not the Beach Boys. <laughs> the uh, the Wrecking Crew. All right, right. Um, and so she played on like good vibrations which is one of the ones i thought about playing but i know Prosy doesn't like the beach boys so i'm like oh i know the other one that she's really well she's known for a ton of songs obviously but uh feeling all right the original version joe cocker did the cover i should say so he like i said he never did writing on his own but she played bass on that mm-hmm. and unfortunately the live version we just played while while fun uh she wasn't on but yeah. uh we'll still take the opportunity we, we allocated the time towards her we're going to talk about her right um it's funny like you, you go on youtube today and like uh, you know people are still trying to figure out like oh here's how you play like carol k yeah and uh she just has you know her and there's a few other session guys that are out there that we're going to be playing later um that are just you know the go-to session musicians and i remember seeing uh, my wife laura and i watched an awesome documentary called the wrecking crew specifically about the wrecking crew as you would think and i had no idea this is where i found out about her just like watching a motown special i found out about james jamerson like i didn't i didn't grow up listening to that kind of music so i didn't really know them but once you find out about them and you start listening you're like wow this is i get it now you know why the motown songs were so great it's because they always had either james jamerson or another bass player i can't remember his name but somebody who had that awesome just held it down in the mm-hmm. pocket yeah and uh carol k was sort of similar but more in the west coast sound yeah uh the bass player for earth wind and fire we don't have him on here tonight what's his name i don't remember uh but i remember buying when i first uh when i was first learning how to play bass but we like back in the 90s I was looking for like ways to learn bass and you know buying books and I I bought a VHS tape mm-hmm. of the uh the guy from Earth Wind and Fire because I was trying to figure out who the best bass players were and who had the best like um like uh what do you call it? like classes that you could watch yeah he was one of them and Ferdine White says his name okay yeah so um yeah he's another one that we could got to give props to but yeah Again, I didn't didn't remember his name. I don't listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire, but he he's another one who pops up when you when you Google who mm-hmm. the best place bass players of all time. All right, let's get uh, let's get into some more of these bass players here.
That was uh, three classic all-time great bass players in rock and roll bands playing three of their most well-known popular bass songs. Yeah. This was uh, right down the middle, fastball. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, YYZ is like the the Rush lovers known. That's true. You know, like you don't hear YYZ on the radio, so it's good to play that. Yes, love it's YYZ. A, yeah, We've played it before. Right. We did, yeah. But uh, it's, you know, f- you can pick out any Rush song, and it's a prime oh, yeah. example of fantastic bass playing, but YYZ is kind of the signature tune. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was YYZ. Uh, so, you know, we've already had plenty of uh, Rush conversation on the show. Just, But, but let me say this. We've had a drummer show. Neil we've Peart. had. Neil Peart. We've had a guitar show. Alex Lifeson. Now we've had a bass player, and it's Geddy Lee. Hey, we didn't have a guitar show yet, did we do it? We didn't have a guitar show yet. We didn't? I don't think so. Maybe we'll have Alex Lifeson on. We'll have him in the studio. I remember talking about these guys specifically as the greatest guitar players, though. I don't know. We'll have, yeah. to, we'll have to check out Let's, the archives. Yeah, check the archives. <laughs> check the archives. I'm pretty sure we did. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that was Rush with YYZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that was uh, a little group, a uh, bit of a future called The Beatles, mm-hmm. doing a song called Come Together. Um, again, you know, looking at this, I'm like, holy shit, this was not in existence for the Let It Be sessions. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're, you know, that's the last time I'm going to talk about it because we're doing the Beatles here. But, uh, you know, they played so many songs in those sessions in that movie that were ended up going coming out not on Let It Be, but on uh, Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. And this was not one of them that was played at all. So this song clearly didn't exist. It was written after that. Yeah. Um, but it certainly is in the same vein and the same time frame uh, from the Beatles and a great lead bass line from McCartney. I think you find... The better Beatles bass lines that Paul plays are on the songs he doesn't sing. Correct. Taxman yes. was the other one I almost played. Uh-huh. The bass line in Taxman is just Dum, fucking insane. Do, 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 do. Uh, Day Tripper, that's a good one too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I can speak from experience playing bass and singing. It's much harder than playing guitar and singing. Is it? Okay. Yes. Like, um, if, if I'm playing bass, I'm not going to sing. That's what Les Claypool says. He, no, he doesn't. <laughs> well, he doesn't sing, though. That's my point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's kinda, not a very good singer. He so. talks melodically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was, uh, you know, Paul McCartney is, uh, you know, it's unreal because like, if he was not a songwriter, he wasn't a lyricist, he wasn't a singer, he was only a bass player, he would be a well-renowned bass player, not just because he's lefty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to think about like, the bass line for Helter Skelter. Mm-hmm. For, you know from 68 like this guy was doing crazy stuff yeah and uh yeah and kudos to paul mccartney for uh, being one of the greatest bass players of all time on top of all the other amazing shit that sir paul does yep um and then we wrap that up with uh cream sunshine of your love again uh, a staple song of theirs and i feel like early in our harmonic headspace career we played a ton of cream we did. but it's hard not to like like you mentioned you know drummer show ginger baker we had ginger baker on the drummer show exactly and uh, eric clapton will certainly make an appearance in the uh guitarist show or if, he did he, he did may have already okay <laughs> it's the lost show dude uh i thought that was b-sides uh, mm, whatever i don't know i think it's lost in your mind it might be harmonic no space <laughs> harmonic no space uh so that was cream sunshine of your love uh iconic baseline uh, jack bruce was amazing jack too. bruce you know he sang and yes. played bass and yep. what i loved about sunshine of your love is one of the earlier examples that i can remember at least of uh or just one of the better examples of not switching uh vocalists from uh 
from uh, verse to verse, yeah, but actually yeah. line by line within the verses. Um, and having, you know, Eric and, you know, Jack and Eric going back and forth with some mm-hmm. of those lines, it just always sounded really great. And the funny thing about it is like when Clapton would play uh, Sunshine Your Love solo, uh, you know, with his own band, like he would sing the Jack Bruce parts and he'd have another dude sing his own parts. Really? Which is kind of funny. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then they came together and did the harmony. Yes, after, exactly. After the bridge or the chorus yep. or the verse, which was very cool. Well, actually, and then if you listen to it, like Jack Bruce sings the first, I've been waiting song by himself, then Clapton comes in with him and they harmonize on to right. be where I'm yes. going. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good song right in there, gents. Yes, very good. Uh, all right. Uh, we are, we're, we're trending. Uh, if we talk no more, we're going over. So um, uh, ask me if we're going to play yes. Uh, no. <laughs> but since we're killing them now, we were going to play Roundabout because it is an amazing bass song. And I actually saw Getty Lee play that live with Yes when they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow. That said, it's an eight-minute song. Chris Squire is an amazing bass player. Um, but unfortunately, Chris Squire, you're getting squeezed out tonight because we have a few other songs that we need to get in here. Um, kudos to Chris Squire. RIP. Thank you for being the man. Let's play some Four Tops.
All right. Got a little. Everybody's got a little light. Under the sun. Under the sun. Under the sun. Under the sun. Nice. Can't believe I blew that. Should have known, man. Everybody's got a little light under the sun. So that was uh, some three extremely influential songs by extremely influential bass players. Uh, more on the funk side of things. Uh, the first one, it sort of went chronologically here. I, I kind of lined that up on purpose. But uh, you have one of the most influential uh, bass players of all time, James Jamerson from the Funk Brothers, the Motown, uh, basically the Motown hit crew. And, uh, you know, probably one of the most popular songs, certainly one of the, one of the sickest bass lines is uh, Four Tops Bernadette. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was super excited when we started putting this together. I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to pick a James Jamerson song <laughs> and all these great Motown tunes. And I'm like, Bernadette, that's, you got it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. um, so that was James Jamerson uh, with Carol Kay, I think probably known as the best session bassists in, you know, at least for that style of music mm -hmm. uh in the u.s so uh hats off to james jamerson um next up we had uh the grandmaster larry graham from uh from slime the family stone um, i know this was a repeat we've played thank you before yep. um but this is like the song that he's known for i mean it's got such a sick bass line um and larry graham he also we went and played uh he played prince for a, quite a bit too and he had his own uh his own uh, funk band. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them, Prosty, but I think you would appreciate his name, the name of the band. So this is Larry Graham, mm -hmm. and the name of the band is Graham Central Station. Ah, nice. <laughs> and they play some That's sick cool. funk. Nice. And speaking of sick funk, uh, continuing down this thread uh, to the ultimate funk form of and Boots, my personal favorite, Bootsy funk Collins. Player. Yes, Bootsy Boots. Collins, Parliament Funkadelic, getting its start with James Brown. Yeah, um, Bootsy, Bootsy is the fucking man. He's unbelievable. He's the funk master. I, he, I mean, did you hear like that? Yeah, it, it, it's just amazing where, how he like he uh, does the vibrato on the on the bass lines. It's oh my god, he just brings everything into it. He's so dynamic. Yeah, and you know, when when we were about to come back in and I, and I fucked up the you know I didn't wait for the song to end. I was thinking, how do I, like, these, yeah, this is funk, but James Jamerson, yeah, he was in the Funk Brothers, so, I mean, this is obviously, like, a funk type of thing, and I'm like, eh, it's funk, and it's, like, uh, uh, you know, it's got, uh, ah, shit, what was I thinking, like, jazz, sort of jazzy, funky mm -hmm. kind of stuff, and it, it made me remember that I meant to call out a couple of really excellent jazz bass players when we were talking about Jocko, and I forgot mm -hmm. to do that, and that's obviously Charles Mingus yes. and Ron Carter. Uh, and I know I, I'm leaving out a bunch of guys, but, you know, I've just really been getting deeper into jazz over the past four or five years. And these are probably my two favorite jazz bass players. Yeah. Mingus is great. Mingus and uh, and Ron Carter, yeah. man. Ron Carter played on everything. The guy's still kicking it, too. Nice. So shout out to, uh, to the jazz guys. Uh, we just had uh, probably the three arguably best funk players yeah uh going back to uh the, the 60s into the 70s with jamerson graham and collins they, they define they birthed and defined funk with the bass yep. no doubt i will not argue with that one at all <laughs> uh we're gonna play one more guy later who um was arguably the godfather of funk Yes, that is true. He would fit in here very well, yes. but we normally don't expand to four song sets. Yeah, and we added him after killing Yes. 
after killing yes and we we're kill, like we can't miss this guy yeah we killed a couple others i would have liked to play we'll shout out to them after the fact i don't want to have any giveaways about what what we killed besides no more, yes no more spoilers from yeah from me uh but let's go into the uh some of the greatest rock players of all time Yeah. 
your destination. Welcome to Harmonic Headspace. Music for your psyche. Let's do this!
Are you fucking kidding me? Is that the most amazing sound that's ever passed through your brain before? The sound of Tool playing anything? Uh, Tool's pretty good. Yes, Tool is pretty good. <laughs> so uh, that was Schism by Tool. We, uh, we heard uh, The Who, The Real Me, Red Hot Chili Peppers Give It Away, and Tool Schism. So let's go backwards. Let's start with Tool because Tool is um, comprised of Danny Carey who is one of, if the not best, if not the best, uh, active rock drummer. I, I would agree. I, don't, I, don't, I can't off the top of my head think of too many people who I would say is the equivalent of Danny Carey in terms of technical prowess and just spotlight. Like, yeah. like Mike Portnoy is really good, but who nobody sees him play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's creative. He, he do crazy offbeats. I mean, he's not just a cookie cutter drummer who plays verse, chorus, verse. He, I mean, he his compositions are highly not only technical but emotional. Like he can he can hit he can hit it. Well, he can still. It's starting to get a little in the danger zone though, where he's getting up there in terms of age, and he plays a very physical style yep. of drums. Neil Peart had to deal with the same thing. Yep, and. Uh, Danny's he's a he's a he's a built like a, a champion thoroughbred racehorse. Yeah, he's so a big guy. <laughs> he'll uh, I'm sure he'll figure out a way to to maintain his level of intensity and mm -hmm. precision, um, like Neil did as well in mm -hmm. his in his later years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a template for him to follow. I'm sure he's paid attention. Right. So, uh, with Danny Carey is Justin Chancellor, who is also uh, he made it to our base our best bass player show. For a good reason. Um, if you're in a band like Tool, um, where you're playing very complicated stuff, but still m making the mainstream, you don't see that very often. Like, for example, King Crimson, who we play a lot of, but they do not make the mainstream because nope. they're too technical. Right. You know, like, they didn't they have, have the hooks. pop success. Exactly. And pop success is uh, uh, much, very often um, related to the hook, right? Right. It brings you back. Right. So, and, and I would say that Tool doesn't have great hooks, uh, but they have enough hook um, and en enough of the technical. And I think that's what sets Tool apart from so many other um, uh, progressive bands and so many other metal bands. They can do both. Not many other bands can do both and uh, to the level Tool can. And um, I just tool. I was just telling Astro off the off the air. Um, if I was, if if I'm in a band, Tool is the type of music I want to be playing. Very creative, um, very thoughtful, very heavy, you know. Um, and I just I friggin' love Tool. And Justin Chancellor drives beneath Tool. I mean, you, that that um, bass line that Schism starts out with. When you hear those for that, I mean, almost the first like couple notes, you know, oh, that's tool, that's schism. You know, it's like so um, recognizable. Mm -hmm. And he he's very creative also in that he plays those notes like that. Um, it's almost like a lead intro, right? But he also holds the underneath, so Adam Jones can do his like metal. You know, like the things that Adam Jones does. And he plays in between that and Danny Carey. So he's got to be incredibly, incredibly dynamic 
Um, and he is. And his sound, I mean, everything about him. Um, so kudos. Congratulations, Justin Chancellor. You deserve to be here. <laughs> you made it. Yay. Yeah. yeah. He, he, give, him the, give him the medal. <laughs> give him the harmonic headspace medal. Uh, before that, we heard another, uh, probably one of the questionably best bass players of all time that that um, the mainstream would nominate, and that's Flea. Yes, and uh, and we heard uh, probably his most recognizable bass line, yep. straight down, home plate strike, yep. <laughs> fastball, right down the middle, Yeah, give it away. And I even said to Prosty, I'm like, we haven't played this yet. We would never play this song on our show. No. But... For a show like this, as I explained at the beginning of tonight's uh, broadcast, this is the kind of night where we are identifying the bass players. Mm -hmm. And then we are identifying after the player what their sort of most recognizable, what, what a song that stands out as a, 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 a moniker for what they do. Mm -hmm. And Give It Away is probably the Red Hot Chili Peppers' biggest hit. That's not a ballad. Yep. And... Uh, this is the song. Yeah, it's the song. Um, off their biggest explosion album, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, their biggest hit off that album, and that bass line drives My second us. biggest hit. That's why I said their biggest non-ballad hit. What's their biggest hit? Under the oh, Bridge. Under the Bridge, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Got it. Um, both of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Flea... We could spend hours on Flea. Actually, we, we have did, actually we spent <laughs> hours on Flea. We spent three hours so on Flea. We don't have to do it anymore. But uh, again, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Flea, one of the greatest ever. Yep. And before that, we heard John Entwistle. The, the Ox. Who, right. So that is it, the perfect song to play on the bass player. Yeah. The Who, because that whole song is just a bass solo by John Entwistle. Yeah, he's soloing during the chorus. He, yes. He's soloing during the verses. Yes, um, there's one, there was one small part, maybe a bridge there's or something bridge. at one point that he actually played yeah, he the bass in. line, and he falls in <laughs> with Townsend and Moon. Yeah. But beyond that, he's just soloing over everything. Yeah, Daltrey's singing, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds great. It's like it is hard hitting. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, super hard hitting. Totally. And there was nothing like that back then. Like no, nobody played bass solos back then. And uh, this is not the only song that he does a solo on. No, he does it in almost every song. But there's one that if you were thinking like, what's a who song that is emblematic of what John Entwistle does, you go back to my generation. Exactly. And it's an actual, like we were talking about, we were sort of joking about Entwistle soloing during the verses and chorus and shit. But he, it's they're not really solos. He, 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 that's what he's playing throughout the song. Mm -hmm. There actually is a legitimate bass solo in my generation yes. that is iconic. And and honestly, I can't think of another bass solo from that early on. There aren't any other bass solos from that early on, particularly yeah. in, in like a pop hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and and Twistle was a badass. I mean, he was a badass in the band. He was like... He was a badass no, in uh, real life, too. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, he, like, he's known to be, like, angry and and that, you know, and his bass playing comes out in that. And uh, what a great song. What a perfect song that is. And The Who, I mean, obviously, everybody knows The Who. Uh, I don't know who else is, would make it uh, to the... Uh, who was their drummer? Uh, Keith Moon. Moon. Um, but, he would i don't know would he make it make did what did he did he make the drum? yeah of course he, he did. did yeah okay um yeah i, I mean but entwistle is the man and uh just hearing that those solos 
it's just that's what makes him unique yeah, yeah. And, and for me and i even said this to you like you know that song ended and i was like oh man i'm like we're not hearing the rest of quadrophenia right yeah because it's yeah. like like tommy like the song like the first song will end and you just hear in your head it goes into the next one yeah and when you don't hear that it's a little it wasn't into our it wasn't in our goes into show well it's a, the entire double album goes yeah. into itself you <laughs> right. can't really yeah. do that yeah. um but we ended up going in to give it away, which isn't necessarily a bad consolation prize. No, not at all. All right, let's jump into some more awesome shit. Thank you. 
All right, that was our bass player tribute this evening. Wrapping it up with uh, three tunes. Uh, the last one was uh, Masoko Tanga by The Police, the, the last song on their debut album, Outlandos Demore. It's almost like they uh, they ran out of songs, and they were like, oh, we're just going to jam in the studio and call it a song, and this mm -hmm. is going to be our last tune on the album. Mm -hmm. And uh, cool little bass line by, uh, by Sting on that one. Mm -hmm. um, so The Police, uh, you know, Sting... One of the greater bass players, probably more well known for his songwriting and singing than necessarily playing bass, but he certainly has the chops. You can't be part of a three-piece band singing and playing bass and not be able to play bass. And probably the most knowledgeable bass-playing frontman. I mean, there aren't many. Kip Winger, remember him? Kip Winger, bass-playing frontman, pioneering man. the cold shoulder in yeah. the '80s. Uh, other bass playing frontman Roger Waters. Roger Waters, Getty Lee. Yeah, Getty Lee. Les Claypool. Les. Uh, but there aren't many more. No. Uh, you know? Rick Danko. You know, not the band didn't really have a lead singer necessarily, but he was yeah. one of their lead yeah. singers and he played bass. But mm -hmm. I'm not sure that necessarily qualifies, like in the realm of Getty Lee, where he plays bass and sings every single song. Yeah, or like of the hundreds of of the thousands of you know great bands that have crossed our ears in our in our lives we can count the great bass playing frontman on two hands maybe one yeah um jack bruce yeah 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 <laughs> so uh yeah so that was a police with sting uh going back we have the meters uh, with my favorite song of theirs, uh, it's, I know it was one of their big hits, so it's a little bit of a cop-out, but I do love myself some Sissy Strut. Yes. And, and George Porter Jr. Yes. He's like the godfather. The, the meters are the godfathers of funk. They really are. The, the Bayou Funk. Mm-hmm. Yep. NOLA. Straight out of NOLA. Straight out. Yep. So that was the meters uh, with Sissy Strut and George Porter Jr. Um we had prior to that Les Claypool, his Ooh. first, yes, his first solo outing. Uh, this guy who plays guitar, a bass guitar in Primus. Um, this was Les Claypool and the Holy Mackerel, which was actually just Les Claypool by himself playing all the instruments in the studios. <laughs> holy mackerel. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was a song called The Awakening, mm -hmm. uh, a, a very much a jazzy bass workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, the intro, uh, that he does on that song is also in a Primus song. Yes. Yeah, certainly. Uh, he's certainly not a one trick pony, but he definitely does some of his tricks in a few different places. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was, uh, I've seen Primus many times, uh, but the, the best show I ever saw from them, strangely enough was the Willy Wonka show. Yeah, the Chocolate Factory show was yeah. pretty good. Uh, but it's because I was like right in the front. I was like in the second row of the middle level at the Orpheum Theater. And I was like, it was literally the middle of the theater. The mezzanine, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like... Those are my favorite seats. The, oh the, the three rows in the mezzanine in front of yes. the uh, balcony. Yeah. Because they're basically pretty much the same price or close to the price of the balcony tickets yeah. and your elevator right in front unless you're in the first 15 rows mm -hmm. in the front of the orchestra i'd rather be in the front of the mezzanine yeah. or in the mezzanine at all yeah. versus being in row 20 of the orchestra yeah acoustically that's probably the, 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 best, the best place to sit right and we were in the second row so we could literally see less right there pacing doing his pace thing that he does back and forth 
And Willy Wonka was cool because like we grew up with uh, right, you knew all the songs, right? Yeah, but the even the better part about that was they played all the songs I ever wanted to hear by Primus. They uh, this was after they released all their albums, right? And they played everything I wanted to hear, and they opened with Groundhog Day, Mm. and. I, I, I know Groundhog Day. I've always known it. I, I love that song. But when they opened with it, for some reason, it was perfect because it was just him doing the strumming of the bass. The junk, the junk, the junk, the junk, well, the junk. it really helps you really figure out why you had that lingering taste of toothpaste in your mouth at the time. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's the lyric from the song. Okay. Makes the milk go down a bit funny, but you know them checks, they do satisfy. <laughs> they do satisfy. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I, I, and I highly recommend if if you have not seen Primus before, um, you got to see him and get good seats. And if you have, you don't need the recommendation from Prosty. Right, because you already know. Exactly. Yep. You're in the know. So I uh, mentioned earlier that I've seen two of the bass players on this list this year in concert. One of them was Les Claypool and the other one was Tony Levin, and I'm very happy to say I've seen them both. Tony Levin? Yeah. Uh, George Porter and Sting were the other two. No, no. I just oh, mean tonight. Was, oh, I thought you meant that little. No, no, no. no just tonight. Got it. Okay. And I was supposed to see Flea, but that concert didn't quite happen. It's going to, though. Yeah, next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure out how to do that. I, I hate the venue. I hate the ticket price, and yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what I'm going to do, but yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I have some apologies here. We had to cut short a few of the players mm-hmm. that we wanted to play here. Uh, I have my list here. Uh, we talked about a few already. One that we have not talked about is Roger Waters. Yep. And he may not be one of the greatest bass players, but he definitely plays some of the greatest, most memorable bass lines. And the mm-hmm. one we were looking at specifically was Money, mm-hmm. which very similar to Give It Away, fastball down the middle, not the kind of song we would normally play. But on a night like tonight, uh, if we had time, that would have been a song we would play mm-hmm. because there'd be no other reason to ever play it again unless we were doing like a sound effect show or something. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Which I, we might too. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a non-apology, someone who I didn't play, who we didn't play, uh, but comes up on great bass player lists and we're not sure why. Uh, and that would be Michael Anthony. So I love Van Halen. I've never seen a list with his name on that. Yes. And and I've seen more than one. Really? Yeah. And I didn't understand why, because I don't think he's a great bass player. The only reason that I would put him in there is because of singing great harmony. But I don't know that that qualifies. Yes. Um, But there is something great about Michael Anthony that I'll say is when you're playing with um, Eddie Van Halen, you have to give him space. Yeah. You have to... if you don't give him the right space to make his, what he's playing sound great, you, you can ruin it. You really can. If you play too many notes while he's playing his too many notes, you can ruin it. Yeah, because he's definitely playing too many notes. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so Michael Anthony is great at playing exactly what's needed at the time, and um, it, it, he's a great teammate. Yeah. Great teammate. He does exactly what he needs to do on the strings. He does exactly what he needs to do in the harmonies. Um, he's so, Sammy's best so, buddy. Yeah. Sammy likes him for a reason. Totally, totally. So I give kudos to Michael Anthony, not because he's one of the greatest, greatest bass players of all time, but he's one of the greatest bass playing dudes in an awesome band of all time. He knows <laughs> how to do what he's supposed to do. Good. And another guy in that vein is Phil Lesh from The Grateful Dead. Um, I would argue he's mm-hmm. one of the greater bass players in rock, uh, I, particularly I from the perspective of... Yes. Um, 
improvisation. It, the difference between Phil Lesh and most other bass players that you hear in rock is most other bass players play uh, either bass lines or bass riffs or uh, something that kind of repeats. Phil Lesh does not do that. Right. He he almost imp- he's like a jazz. He's like a, I almost yeah. just said he's like a jazz player. He plays within the scale he's supposed to be playing, and he he play intertwines what he's doing with Bob and Jerry. Right, and the drummers and the drummers. Right, he's but great. He, yeah, but if you just listen to a dead song and listen to the bass, you you do not hear a line. You don't hear a riff. He doesn't have any lines or riffs. He just fills in the space with, right. with beautiful bass playing. And he drops fill bombs once in a while. What's a fill bomb? Uh, you, you, you know it when you hear it. It's like in the middle of a jam, like it goes boom, like in the right spot, and uh, it, it okay. just works. Uh, okay. uh, other players that I want to uh, mention here. Uh, another session guy. We got to a few session players, but uh, we did not get to Pino Palladino, who was a fantastic session player starting in the late 70s through the 80s and 90s. Uh, he actually is a guy who is now in the Who, sitting in, uh, taking John Entwistle's seat ever since he died. He was mm-hmm. the first and only guy they brought in, similar to how they brought in Zach Starkey, Ringo's son, uh, Ringo's son uh, to take Keith Moon's place. Now, he wasn't immediately the guy they pl- they brought in there. They had Kenny Jones from The Faces, uh, but he's been their guy. I mean, shit, Pino... You know, he's been playing with them for a long time, not as long as Zach. And honestly, Zach Starkey's been playing with them longer than Keith Moon ever had. Mm-hmm. But that's a different different show that we already had. Yep. Um, I got one. What? Victor Wooten. Victor Wooten. Victor Wooten from the uh, Bella Fleck and the Fleck Band. He was on the list here for me. He was on the list, and we just didn't know which song to play. And yeah. And just kind of fell down. But when you, if you, uh, if you Google best play, bass players of all time, Victor Wooten always comes up. He is. He's Usually like top in 10. the top 10. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, it's just that he hasn't had commercial success. He, and he's a sort of more of a jazz, bluegrass kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and he wrote a book. I can't remember what the name of the book was, um, but I listened to it on uh, on Audible. Very, uh, he is so um, inspirational, well-spoken. He's got such a positive, great attitude. And he's got a really interesting um, approach to playing the bass, mm-hmm. and he, he explains how he first learned how to play the basses and uh, and uh, like his phases of learning and how he evolved into being the great player that he is. Um, it's a great book if you just you know Google Victor Wooten bass book. Well, I believe he's got a couple of brothers that are uh, that play as well. I think he has another brother. Is it Tito? Maybe. Um, not, don't make a Jackson's joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tito Wooten, I think he plays bass, and I think if I'm, I could be incorrect, but I think his other brother actually played drums mm-hmm. for Colonel Bruce Hampton's Aquarium West Rescue Unit. I could be incorrect. Mm-hmm. If I am correct, that's interesting because there's another guy who you mentioned that you wanted to talk about who actually played with him in the Aquarium Rescue Unit playing bass. Named O'Teal Burbage. I love O'Teal. So that's another one that we missed. O'Teal is from the Almond Brothers band. He's my favorite. Uh, well, he's Brothers from band. the Aquarium Rescue Unit initially, okay. and, and then he went and played with uh, the Almond Brothers. You're yeah, right. Yeah. And he was he replaced Alan Woody, who uh, yep. unfortunately died. Uh, he had a heart attack mm-hmm. relatively early, relatively young. Mm-hmm. And Wooten came in. Aquarium Rescue Unit had broken up. Mm-hmm. And they kind of all splintered off. I don't know what the drummer's doing now. I know, uh, obviously, um, Otila went into the Almond Brothers, and mm-hmm. then he went and now is playing with Dead and Company. Um, yeah. And he's, he's just great, dude. Yeah, Otila's great. Yep. And uh, 
Yeah, what so what else you got? We got Kim Deal from the Pixies. Yes, yes. And the Breeders. Uh, Cannonball mm-hmm. is a, another iconic '90s baseline. We've played yes. that before when we had our Women in Rock. But uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Kim Deal, uh, another f- a great female bass player and a, and a, a really uh, influential band from Boston. Yes, absolutely, like it. Um, Nikki Six or Motley Crue. Yeah, not not, not a great not bass a great player. technical bass player, but he's a band leader. He wrote yep. a lot of songs that did very well. And uh, the dude's got a story. What's the story? Well, he died, right? And, and we never, you never read or saw the dirt. Uh, he Nikki Six died. Yeah, dude, oh. you need you need to watch the dirt on Netflix. I don't remember seeing that. Oh man, uh, we won't get deep into that though. Motley Crue's not worth that much time uh, on our show. <laughs> <laughs> but Nikki Six, shout out to Nikki Six for being a band leader and writing some cool songs. Um, Cliff Burton from Metallica yes. and uh, Robert Trujillo. From Metallica and Suicidal Tendencies and uh, uh, Infectious Grooves. We don't want to skip Jason Newstead either because yes. he was pretty darn good, even yep. though they turned his bass all the way down on Injustice for All. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about uh, Infectious Grooves, you got to talk about Muzz Skillings, who is another incredible bass player who left Living Color and joined Infectious Grooves. When Rob Trujillo had to leave to, for Metallica. Correct. So yeah. Muzz Skillings is a great bass player as well. Yes. I got one. I got one. <laughs> Maybe not the greatest bass player of all time, but my favorite bass line of all time is played by someone who we have not mentioned tonight. Who's that? Simon Gallup. Simon Gallup. From The Cure. Yeah, I know from The Cure. <laughs> Fascination Street is my favorite bass player song that's a good one of all time and uh and he's uh, uh, extremely underrated he's underrated he's probably not one of the greatest bass players of all time but um he fits in great with the cure he does except he just left the band again <laughs> really yeah like the past <sighs> couple months oh that sucks oh well and maybe his son's going to be joining uh, when he he had to miss a few shows a couple of years ago or, and uh his son actually sat in for him so maybe his son's taking over who knows i'm still upset that nikki six died yeah. <laughs> was I did I just keep drinking through that show and miss the end? No, he he came back. Like they they brought him back to life. Oh, no. The, the song Kickstart My Heart. You ever hear the song Kickstart My Heart? It's about yes, that. Yes, but when you told me he died, I thought you meant he died for good. No, he died and they brought him back to life. Dude, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh All right. Barry Oakley. Yes. Talking to Allman Brothers. Another Allman Brothers. Another Allman Brother bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original. The original actually, yeah. Um, ben Orr from the Cars. Benjamin another, Orr from Boston. Another Boston bass playing singer. Uh, yeah. Ronnie Lane from the Faces and the Small Faces. He was another real, mm-hmm. real soul of that band. Man, was, he was good. A good songwriter. Is um, he the one that sang that song that we played? No, that's Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Wood. Oh, yeah, okay, I got my Ronnie's mixed. You got up. your Ronnie's my mixed Ronnie's up. Ronnie's from the Faces mixed up. We have uh, another jazz guy, uh, Stanley Clark. Yes. Great player. Return yes. of Forever, his solo stuff. Uh, Stanley Clark's a great player. Um, my list is running low here, but we do have Lemmy from Motorhead. Lemmy from Motorhead. And Hawkwind. And, Let's not forget he was in Hawkwind back yeah. in the day. And we killed the Motorhead song, unfortunately. Killed uh, by death. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and the last guy I had here, not really much of a bass player, not really anything that really should be included here except for the fact that I'm a huge fan of Spinal Tap. Oh, I was and about to just say thank Derek, you. Derek Smalls, the mm. bass player for Spinal Tap, uh, mm. they have a song called Big Bottom, 
which is the ultimate bass player song uh, in the movie. Uh, all three of the, 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 the bass player and the two guitarists all come out with basses. It's a triple bass attack for Big Bottom. And uh, I remember in the movie, there's a scene where like they were asking somebody like if, if you could play Big Bottom, and it's like maybe a roadie or something. And he's like, he's like, can I play Big Bottom? He's like, sure. I have two hands. <laughs> I always love that. Nice. Uh, so I wanted to play that because that's like the ultimate like bass tune. But we ran out of time. I figured I'd rather spend five, ten minutes talking about the guys we didn't have a chance to play than uh, play the Spinal Tap tune. All right. Maybe we'll play some Spinal Tap. We, we, we need to figure out a way to get it into a show. I love that we do that. Like Soundtracks. We, we talked about soundtracks. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I love that we do that. We like we can't play a song unless it fits into a show. I know, right? And like we limit ourselves, but we also challenge ourselves. I exactly. Kind of and cool. we did talk about doing a soundtrack show, so maybe we bring that up in the uh, rotation here. We could we could put together a really good show with songs from soundtracks. Songs that either originated from soundtracks or or, or became that are known for being in the movie yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah steelers wheel stuck in the middle with you like clearly yes. that was a song and i yes. would assume a hit in the 70s but everybody knows that yes. song from being in a movie yeah reservoir dogs right re repumped exactly so i think yeah. that something like that would qualify just because of that so yeah. there's oh, a whole show on tarantino great, soundtracks yes that's a great <laughs> well let's do that next week soundtracks soundtracks i'm in all right it's a, that's the thing all right Thank you for joining us. That was Harmonic Headspace for tonight. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you learned. We hope we were the icing to the cake that's on your weekend. I'm going home to watch some football. What about you? Football, except I'll be home half an hour after you. That's all right. Uh, Love you all. Happy Thanksgiving. We will talk to you next week. Peace out. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was.